Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Catechesis. I'm Father Lee Nelson, the Rector of Christ Church Waco. It's good to be with you in this live setting, uh, and this is recorded for later viewing. We're uh, doing a bit of catechesis from the catechism, and I'm currently home right now. Uh, and uh, so we'll be doing this uh, from page 87 in the catechism produced by Crossway and the Anglican Church of North America. And... a um, part of the catechism where we're turning to talk about uh, a rule of life. We've been talking about the uh, Lord's Prayer as a pattern and practice for the Christian prayer life and in the life of prayer in the Christian. And uh, now we turn towards this question of a rule of life. What is a rule of life? How does it work? How does it function? Uh, what, uh, how is it good for you? Uh, and so uh, we will begin. But first, let's pray. Almighty God, you so love the world that you gave your only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love by your Holy Spirit, that we may delight in, your, in the inheritance that is ours as your sons and daughters, and live to your praise and glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, we are on question 252 in the Catechism. Uh, it is about a rule of life. What is a rule of life? How does it work? Um, how does it uh, help us in the Christian spiritual life and also just in our life in general? Um, and so let's ask that first question, question 252. What is a rule of life? A rule of life is a discipline by which I order my worship, work, and leisure as a pleasing sacrifice to God. Um, our lives are so often disordered. There, there are certain things that happen uh, that will throw us off whatever habits we've taken on. Uh, and not only that, but many people really do suffer from a lack of order in their lives. Um, everything is a crisis. Everything uh, hits and, uh, and things collapse. But um, we really do need uh, to order our lives, to order um, our worship, to order our work, to order our leisure even, um, so that our lives can become uh, a pleasing sacrifice to God. Um, Paul calls upon us to be transformed by the renewal of our minds um, and to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Um, and without an ordered life, uh, that becomes very difficult. Um, we don't pray when we should. We don't worship when we should. We don't take rest when we should. Uh, we're all over the map. We do whatever we want. We're captive uh, to our whims and to our uh, desires. And uh, so this is actually answered, this question, why do we need a rule of life, is, is answered in question 253. So let's ask it now. Why do you need a rule of life? I need a rule of life because my fallen nature is disordered, distracted, and self-centered. A rule of life helps me to resist sin and establish godly habits, through which the Holy Spirit will increasingly conform me to the image of Christ. Um, it is uh, an analogy I use very regularly. Uh, it has to do with trellises, and uh, and I know that you're probably bored with it by now, but but think about that. Uh, if you've ever grown a tomato plant or some, uh, I'm growing cucumbers in the backyard. They they have to be told with a uh, with a trellis. Um, uh, in, in in this way, a rule functions in this way for the Christian life. It tells us how to ascend to the heights, how to grow up in Christ. Um, my fallen nature, as the Catechism says, is disordered, distracted, and self-centered. Um, if I don't tell myself what I will do, or how I will live, or how I will function, 
um, and use a, a standard by which to do that, then I'll, then I'll uh, never do it. Zig Ziglar once famously said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Um, so I have to be able to be told um, by myself in discernment with others what, uh, what maturity looks like, what growing up looks like. Um, I will often fall into disordered habits. I will fall into total distraction. Um, I know that one of the things that's been very evident in this uh, time of uh, pandemic is that, uh, you know, our, our children's bedtimes drift off into the evening, and we find that, that it's very difficult to live uh, a disciplined life and, and to live a life that, that um, has clear expectations in which we do um, very similar things each day. Um, if we don't set a plan for the day, if we don't set a plan for the week, then we just are captive to whatever it is we want to do that day. And, and this can be a very good thing. It can be good to take rest from labors, but it can also be a very destructive thing. We tend to get uh, off track. A rule of life helps me to resist sin and establish godly habits. This is probably the first really good thing about a rule of life. Um, when people begin the Christian life, they, they really do struggle with this. How do I resist sin? How do I uh, break out of these old habits of sin that have plagued me throughout my life? How do I uh, uh, work towards a way in which I can avoid these sinful habits? And, um, and one thing that I, I often find myself telling people in, in spiritual direction is, so, so what happens when the alarm goes off in the morning? It's like, well, I hit the snooze bar. How many times do you hit the snooze bar? Well, four or five times. <laughs> and, uh, and what do you do when you get out of bed? Well, I have to think about that. Um, a rule of life will do something like say this. As soon as that alarm hits, you're to get out of bed, put your feet on the ground, make the sign of the cross, uh, and offer that day to God. Um, just beginning this habit, doing it for a month, can be an amazing thing. It can change your life. Um, if I think instead of, you know, I'm going to linger here in bed and, and watch Netflix until I pass out, well, that's not terribly good either. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to incorporate bedtime prayers. The very last thing you do in a day, incorporate those bedtime prayers. Um, a rule of life can have this. And this actually serves as a means to allowing you to resist sin. It's an amazing thing, these godly habits. If it's a lack of habit, a lack of uh, being formed in habits, um, uh, what often happens is we become, we, we exercise a lack of love. And a lack of love is always sinful. We lack a love for God, we lack a love for our neighbor, um, and we slip into these sinful, uh, destructive habits. Now, through which we say, a rule of life helps me to resist sin and establish godly habits. Through which the Holy Spirit will increasingly conform me to the image of Christ. This needs to be said, that uh, the work of growing in holiness, at the end of the day, is not primarily our work. Um, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, the work of God living in us. Um, and for one who is baptized, who can say, the Holy Spirit dwells in me, um, it is simply to say that, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us um, both to bring about our perseverance to bring about uh, good works, to bring about the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And a rule of life goes a long way in simply telling us what those are. <laughs> Again, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So it's good to have uh, a way to say, this is what you'll do. This is how you'll do things. 
Um, and what does this do at the end of the day? Well, it conforms me to the image of Christ. We say at Christ Church all the time, and, and the church has taught this for a long time, that, that our end as human beings um, is to be uh, transformed into the image of Christ. But to be made in the image of God means that we're made to be like Jesus Christ. Um, for all eternity, at the right hand of the Father, offering prayers and um, offering worship to God. Um, and so we need a rule if we're to be conformed into his image. Well, uh, it's, it's good now to talk about what the components of rule of life are. And so we ask this, what is included in a rule of life? In addition to scripture, prayer, and worship, a rule of life includes witness, service, self-denial, and faithful stewardship of my time, money, and possessions. So we see this clearly, that included in a good rule of life are the very basic cornerstones of the life of prayer, the reading of scripture, uh, praying regularly, especially through the daily office, and regular worship, especially in the Eucharistic worship the church offers on Sundays. But a rule of life also includes things like, um, how do we give witness to Jesus in our daily life, in our public life? How do we give service to others? How do we serve our families well? How do we serve our children well? How do we serve, how do we serve our parents well? How do we uh, serve in, uh, in the uh, jobs that we have? Um, how do we live a life of self-denial? How, how do we give up our own desires, our own, uh, what are often foolish and selfish, um, self-centered desires, um, and, and live a life in which we live for the good of others? And faithful stewardship is really the last part about not only our money, but also our possessions and our time as well. So if you're, if you're thinking about, and, and I hope you will think about, it, writing a rule of life, um, the, the, it needs to cover a lot more than just how you read scripture and how you pray, and also when and where you worship. It's got to cover all manner of life. Um, the Archbishop, Fully Beach, tells this great story about his conversion, and it happened because someone was preaching and said, we think about your life as a, as a chest of drawers. In our bedroom, we have a wonderful old antique chest of drawers that has five drawers, and maybe you could think about, if I was to put my life into those drawers, what would be where? You might have you know, your, your working drawer, your academic drawer, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your play drawer, um, your relationship drawer, and, uh, and then you got kind of a church drawer or a, or a spiritual life drawer. And uh, Foley Beach tells the story that he was hearing the story, and, and the, the, the preacher said, you know, God doesn't simply want your spiritual life drawer. He wants the whole chest of drawers. He wants to have a lordship over every aspect of your life. And so uh, the rule of life covers every aspect of our life. Um, the rule is meant to be all-encompassing. It's meant to have no part of it, uh, no part of our life that is missed by the rule. It tells every part of our life how we will flourish. So it's important to keep in mind that, that the rule is not, um, uh, is not focused simply on one part, but on the whole. Um, as Christians, we are to become single-minded in our pursuit of holiness, in pursuit of the kingdom. Uh, and the rule helps us do this. Next question, question 255. Why is prayer an essential part of a rule of life? Through prayer, I rely upon God for strength, wisdom, and humility to sustain and guide me in my rule of life. 
Without the love of God and the power of his spirit, I will not attain to the fullness of Christ. Uh, again, we must say, and I think this is a very important thing to say, that um, the work of growth and holiness is not primarily our work. It's the work of God in us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit within us to draw us uh, to the holiness of the image of Christ in which we are to be remade. Um, we can't just sort of white-knuckle ourselves through life. We can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and expect that we'll become holy. This is the good pleasure of God. It's his work in us. It's what uh, he loves to do. Um, and he loves to turn us from the life of sin to a life of prayer, to a life of holiness. Um, it's really important that the Catechism deals with this section on, on prayer and the rule of life first before turning to the Ten Commandments. Um, this is all intentional. What it does is it tells us uh, that um, we, we can't just sort of apply ourselves uh, to follow the commandments without having a thriving life of prayer. To live a life of repentance is not merely to turn away from sin and follow the thou shalt not. Um, we must uh, become uh, a people who turn away from sin and toward uh, God's most holy will, which is not merely that we become morally upright people, but that we be transformed to live the divine life, to become, as Peter puts it in his epistles, partakers of the divine nature. Um, this is what Jesus Christ has set before us, is a way of living in communion with him, which is itself communion with the Father. So we rely upon God uh, for strength, wisdom, and humility to sustain and guide us in our rule of life. If a rule of life is undertaken simply as, um, as a kind of uh, 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 reform document for reforming ourselves, I mean, much like, uh, you know, you may have read the autobiography of, of Ben Franklin, and, and it's an interesting document, but, but he essentially lays out a way of sort of self-help and, uh, and perfecting his life by simply following certain things. Um, a Christian rule of life doesn't work that way. It's rooted in prayer because we recognize that the power does not belong in us, but it belongs to God. The growth in the Holy Spirit, growth in grace, always happens precisely because of the Holy Spirit, because of grace. Um, without the love of God and the power of his Spirit, I will not attain to the fullness of Christ. And this is why uh, entering into a rule of life, and indeed uh, carrying out a rule of life, is always based primarily in prayer. Um, without prayer, without a life that, that is constantly turning to God, it's impossible uh, to please God. It's impossible to live the life that he desires us to live. Without intimacy with God, um, everything else falls apart. Um, now, having said all this, and I realize there are only four questions in this section, uh, and so this is going to be a very short catechesis session, and and, and it's fine. Uh, we'll pick up with the commandments next week. But I just want to talk about a little bit about the nuts and bolts of how you build uh, a rule of life. Um, uh, many people through the years have uh, sat down with me in my office or they've tried to kind of come up with, well, if I was to live according to rule of life, what would that look like? What would it be like? Um, and for that, I just want to say a few general things. The first is that um, if it was following your own advice that got you in the mess you're in, uh, then, then you, then you, uh, 
then you definitely need help <laughs> to come up with a good rule of life. And this is where uh, spiritual direction becomes a really important feature here. Um, the clergy of Christ Church, along with two lay spiritual directors, are at the ready to help you do this. Um, and so I want to encourage you in that direction, and we can certainly connect you uh, with a spiritual director. Um, our two lay and spiritual directors are women, and so uh, if you're more comfortable talking about a rule of life with a woman, Um, I want to also say that, uh, that we have some helpful guides to crafting a rule of life as well. Um, but let's just ask, what are the features here? I mean, we've, we've said a little bit about how, you know, um, every aspect of our life needs to fall under this. And, um, and um, a rule of life, um, however, having said that, is very, very personal. Um, they are custom fitted to you. They are custom made. It's like it's like getting a, a tailored suit. Um, uh, you know, I you may not know this, but but my my clergy shirts, these shirts, <laughs> are all custom made. Well, why are they custom made? Because I look frumpy in uh, the off the rack shirts that various companies make. They don't fit me, and I've got a very strange body, and so they don't really fit right. But when I have a custom fitted shirt, it looks. Perfect. It looks exactly as it should. It's just the right length in the arms. It's just the right length around my midsection. Uh, it's 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 made to fit exactly right. Um, and a rule of life is custom fit. Um, Jesus says, uh, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls." He says, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." The yoke of Christ is actually, uh, uh, he's making reference here to a yoke that would be used with a team of animals, one on one side, one on the other. And what he's saying is that I'm going to be on one side of this yoke that's custom fitted to me, and you'll be on the other side, which is custom fitted to, to you. Um, so the yoke is a good image for this, to say that uh, we have this uh, wonderful um, way of thinking about uh, how it is that we can build something, uh, write something, uh, that will capture all of this. So a rule of life is meant to be custom made. It's also an exercise in creativity, meaning that um, it, you kind of have to sit down and you have to take the elements and you have to put them together in a way that, that, uh, that, is, that is personal to you, that fits you. Um, and yes, you'll want help from a spiritual director, but but... But it is a personal exercise. And so one of the things that, that I want to encourage you in is to think, I'd really like to do this. Well, if, you, if you're in that place, then say, put that in your rule of life. Write it down. Um, those are kind of nuts and bolts kinds of things. A good spiritual director will be able to help you uh, think about the kinds of things that need to be in your rule. A good spiritual director will help you to understand what, is, uh, what might be needed in addition to what you come up with. Um, we'll also be able to think about uh, what might be a bit too much as well. Um, sometimes people get very zealous and they say, well, I, I have to have this, 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 and this, and it's, and it's too much. And if it's too much, what, what will happen? Well, you won't do it. Um, and so I want to encourage you to think about that as well. When you sit down to write a rule of life, uh, the first thing to do is simply to ask God to guide you by his Holy Spirit, to help you to think about it to help you to pray through the elements that you want to have in that, um, and to come up with a rough draft. What I usually do when I start spiritual direction with somebody is I say, you know, the first thing I really would encourage you to do is to come up with a rough draft for uh, your rule of life, 
and then follow it for a month or so. See how it goes. Um, I might provide you with some, with some encouragement or some, uh, some other things that you might want to include in that rule of life. But by and large, it's, it's so personal that it's like, well, you should, you should have this in place. Um, with that in mind, uh, what are the elements? Well, the elements will always include the elements of uh, what we call the Anglican rule of life and the catechism. It will always include regular communion, some form of personal devotion, and some form of the daily office. Now, the daily office can be time, can be uh, completed uh, uh, within you know, 15, 20 minutes every day, morning prayer and evening prayer. Uh, each would be about 20 minutes to maybe half an hour. Um, and so you want to include those elements in there. Some personal devotions as well are going to be needed. And uh, regular communion, uh, and I would say along those lines, at least once a week should be in your rule of life. Now, during this time, it's that's easier said than done, but uh, regular communion is a part of a healthy and thriving spiritual life. It's how we receive um, God's grace to live that holy life, that very Christ-centered life. Um, I would say as well that uh, you want to uh, include uh, some really basic guidelines for how you will uh, how you will do things in your life. So one might be, um, when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm going to as soon as my feet hit the ground, I'm going to make the sign of the cross. Um, as soon as I uh, stand to the bed, ready to get in, I'm going to make the sign of the cross. Um, I often find that a lot of rule of life things these days deal with, um, with uh, your relationship to that little demon, the cell phone. Uh, uh, how do you relate to your cell phone? Where does it go at night? Um, I have started putting mine on a charger across our bedroom just so that it is not next to me when I go to bed at night. Um, and it's done amazing things for me. Um, I've started removing various social media apps from my, from my phone and it's been awesome. So it should include some sort of uh, uh, information about how you're going to use that technology. Um, other things that it might include would be things like the kinds of occasions of sin that you're going to be set to avoid. Um, uh, maybe you've got some uh, group that uh, you find, hey, when I'm around these people, I always wind up uh, falling into some sort of temptation and ultimately sin. Um, and so one part of rule of life would be, I'm going to avoid that. Um, maybe, maybe you're a person who's particularly given to uh, gossip, and you say, well, you know, part of my rule of life is that I'm just going to avoid gossip. And when gossip starts up among my friends or my coworkers, I'm just going to uh, very quietly, very calmly just leave the room, walk away. Or I'm going to say to my wife when we start to gossip, you know, we're really moving into gossip, and I'd like to stop now. Um, other elements that you might consider, and again, this is a very personal exercise, are daily elements, weekly elements, monthly elements, and yearly elements. Um, and these should, again, cover all manner of things, uh, such as, and again, not only prayer and weekly communion and things like that, but, but other elements that tend to work better on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis or even a yearly basis. Things like, uh, on a weekly basis, doing a weekly uh, examination of conscience in addition to that daily examination of conscience that um, I, I like to help people to do. Um, you can also include in things like that 
uh, monthly things like, I'm going to give a monthly tithe to the church. We encourage everyone to tithe as a minimum standard of giving and stewardship. Um, and, uh, and it really is the basis of healthy uh, giving and a healthy life of stewardship. So, so your tithe can be part of your rule of life. Um, giving to the poor can be part of your rule of life. Uh, spiritual disciplines such as fasting um, and, and also giving to the poor, um, as well as uh, certain forms of prayer and meditation can be part of your rule of life, including things like, I, I, you know, maybe it's that you really love certain forms of Christian meditation and you want to include that um, in your rule. Perfect place to do it. Um, I would also encourage you to uh, include things like retreats as well, even monthly and yearly retreats. Um, as a priest, I take a yearly retreat. I take um, regular retreats. I try to take um, at least, and of course the bishop mandates that we take one silent retreat a year. I do that in January. Um, that's a part of my rule. But I also try to take monthly retreats where I just take a day and, and, uh, and I just have it all set aside uh, to, for God to use. I also, in, in my rule, just to unveil that a little bit, um, Mondays are always a day for retreat, for spiritual reading, for um, spending time with my family if I've been too busy the week before or will be too busy in the week following. Monday's a day uh, to, to not take any meetings, not do any kind of busy thing, uh, but just to set aside for prayer and for, uh, for, for more important things. Um, I, I'm very much like you and like anyone in that um, work can often rule my life, and it, it becomes a, a bad habit in a sense to be ruled by labor. And, uh, and uh, so if I have a day that's it's more like a Sabbath day, um, it's a really good thing. Um, and uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a big thing. Um, I would also encourage you, uh, and, and, and by the way, you, know, you might think, well, well, a three to four day retreat, that just sounds like a whole lot. Well, um, you know, it's a little easier than you might think. Um, you can, maybe you've got one of those jobs where you can, you can, uh, you can head out on a Thursday afternoon, and you can stay someplace till Sunday afternoon. It's a wonderful way to take a retreat, and, and uh, I'm happy to recommend retreat centers where this is possible and where they do guided meditations and all of that. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. My wife and I have both do this at Montserrat Jesuit Retreat Center, retreat center up in Lake Dallas. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, I would also encourage you as well uh, to take up things like spiritual reading in your rule of life. Um, maybe it's that you really love to read novels, but you haven't set aside the time for it. Well, that can go in your rule of life as well. Um, one other thing uh, to include in that might be regular confession. Um, I know that uh, very often in my life, I forget the last time I made a confession. I just need to be told every month or every quarter, whatever it might be. Uh, this is a really uh, helpful thing. Um, also, in a rule of life, uh, you might include something to the effect of, um, and again, these are all just suggestions. It is very personal, and you might have some ideas that I didn't even mention, and that's great. You should have that. But something along the lines of um, maintaining uh, uh, power or uh, uh, custody over uh, your uh, ambitions um, or your, uh, your desires in the sense of um, trying to avoid 
uh, a kind of prideful self-promotion in daily life. Um, this can be very difficult, especially if you're in a career in which you're, you're rapidly advancing or you desire to rapidly advance. Um, it, it can be a really uh, uh, toxic thing to be constantly seeking after this. Um, I'm reminded of the psalmist. The psalmist you know, prays, David prays, um, save your servant from presumptuous sins. Um, meaning that presumption can be so can be so powerful over us and can be so distracting where we think, you know, if I was only somewhere else, then things would be better. Um, we all constantly have to be doing this work of vocational discernment. I have to do vocational discernment. You have to do vocational discernment. But, but when we can put that in some boundaries and when we can say, you know, I'm just not going to think about that for the next year or two. Uh, I, and go through seasons in which we're thinking about what's next in our lives. But when that's not a pressing concern, set it aside, leave it aside. Don't be thinking about it. Um, I have to constantly in my own life be open to what might come next in my life. Be open to the fact that God may lead me to do any number of things. Um, but for a time, it's okay to sort of shut that down and say, you know, really for the next two years, for the next three years, even for the next four or five years, if you get to that point, I'm going to almost vow myself uh, to live in this place, to be committed to this thing, to be committed to this city, to these people, to all of this, um, so that my mind doesn't wander and think, well, you know, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Um, the reality, and if you've had an experience in life, you know that it might not be that. Um, it, life has a way of surprising you. Life has a way of getting away from you. Um, I've often learned in my own life that, you know, the grass might not be greener on the other side. Uh, if you want green grass, get out and water your lawn, fertilize it, uh, mow it, um, and you'll have better lawn. Uh, so there's something to be uh, said for taking some time away from thinking about uh, how your life could be better, or ways in which you could advance, or ways in which your ambitions could be uh, uh, fulfilled. Um, another few observations as well is that uh, it's often important for a family to have a rule of life. And so one of the things I would encourage you, if you've got, you know, if you're married or you have children, uh, is to think about a, a family rule of life. What does a family rule of life look like? Um, what are the kind of behaviors that we want to hold up as important? What are the kinds of uh, prayers that we want to be doing? What are the, what are the kinds of, uh, of uh, liturgies that we want to observe in our family life? How do we want to um, uh, work through conflict? How do we want to uh, communicate with one another? Uh, what are the rules there as well? Um, I also am aware that, and I haven't talked with many uh, business leaders and entrepreneurs through the years, that uh, a rule of life for uh, a company is really important. A rule of life for, uh, for well, in our terms, in, in Christ Church, a rule of life for our parish is really important. And so you might think about how that could help your employees or help your, uh, your, your, uh, your people in your, in your office or in your, uh, in your business. Um, what, is, what would it look like? Um, if you had certain standards that people kept and if you uh, were regularly communicating to your employees what success looks like, what, what uh, meeting the standard actually looks like, um, this can be applicable to all manner of life, all manner of things. Um, one other thing that I would encourage you to do is to, uh, is to think about real nuts and bolts kinds of things like, you know, um, 
what's my budget going to be like? Um, what's my, uh, what's my, how's my time going to be really spent during a day? Um, all those things can be very important. And there are lots of tools, and we have lots of great tools for that these days uh, that can really help us to understand that, can really help us to do those things. Um, you know, it might be as simple as setting timers on your phone saying, hey, uh, you know, at this time I'm going to do this, um, no matter what. Um, you know, you always think about, or I should, you know, I always think about um, St. Benedict's in the rule essentially says, you know, whatever you're working on during the day, whatever is your work or your labor during the day, when the chapel bell rings, you go to the chapel to pray because that's more important and, and, and it is a way of prioritizing uh, the monk's life. Well, we can have the same benefit. Uh, and and uh, lastly, I might just say that one of the one of the really genius things that we as Anglicans have is this way of being uh, being monastic in a sense. Uh, monastic doesn't mean living out of the world. It doesn't mean uh, living in an unmarried state. Mona simply means single. Uh, it's, re it's referring to single-mindedness. And as uh, my friend Greg Peters says, who writes about this sort of thing, about how all Christians are called to be monks, um, we need to be single-minded. And, and a rule of life helps us uh, to live a life of single-mindedness. Um, that's all for today. Uh, if you'd like to work on crafting a rule of life, uh, the Clergy of Christ Church and our lay spiritual directors will be happy to help. You. Uh, we can also schedule online meetings or uh, meetings on porches or whatever is needed in order to do this. Uh, but uh, that's all for today. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.